Welcome back to Caffeinated Bible Chatter, where the, the coffee is hot and the sword in front of us is sharp. Um, we already got the coffee out. Dylan went a little little above and beyond today. He's got he's got the Elianos. Yes. Uh, giving them a plug and they're not paying us. That's right. But, <laughs> but Dylan, how you doing? Man, I'm doing good. <clears throat> I'm doing really good with an Elianos coffee. That always brightens my day. Um, we got a few of my favorite things in front of me. An Elianos coffee, the Word of God, and the mic. Yeah. So I don't know how much better it can get than that right there. So I uh, got uh, the latte in me and ready to, ready to rock and roll with it. Yep. Uh, so here recently, if you've been if you've been tuning in and listening, uh, we've we basically hit through the we've been really hammering rightly dividing right, um, and we went through that the dispensationalism and things like that. How um, not everything through the Bible is completely the same. We we gave that the Coke dispensing of the Coke, um, just explaining those divisions and and without those divisions, you can. You can mess yourself up, right? You can. The Bible might contradict itself if you're not paying attention to, to rightly dividing. Um, but that led us into um, rightly dividing if we're not doing that. And then the word came up of being ashamed, right? Um, and that, that kind of led us into this, this end times thing where the, the judgment seat. Um, so today, uh, we want to get into that, the first thing of being the rapture, right? That's We think it's close, um, but that, that would be the... I guess if there was a, a calendar of, of events to happen, that that would be next, right? Um, so I guess if Dylan, you want to, yeah, us well, I'll, I'll just say that. Uh, so you know, we're going to be looking at, we're going to be doing a lot of end time stuff over the next several weeks. I don't know how many weeks that that is, um, but I figured with the rapture, we'll see where this goes. But the rapture will probably be at least a two part deal, <clears throat> and then we'll we're going to attempt to go week by week in the calendar of the end times based on the way the, the Word of God lays it out. Um, so that means we're going to be hitting end time stuff for a while. Um, and I hope that excites you as, as a listener. And the reason I think it should is because there, there, there truly is very few things, at least for me, there are very few things that I can study that motivate me as much as, as this kind of stuff. Uh, and it's like Kyle said, the we believe that it is extremely close, and because of that, because time is short, man, that that drives me to say, you know what, Dylan, you better you better stop wasting time and goofing around and get and and you know get serious with your Christian life. Uh, my, so my mind goes straight to, and we as we always say, we just kind of do these things off the cuff. I didn't I didn't have this written down or anything, but my mind goes straight to Revelation. One three, so because me and Kyle recently both did this in the churches that we serve. We both uh, lead our youth groups, and so we both took our youth through this. Now, a thought could be, why in the world would you take anybody through this stuff? It's not applicable. But even more than that, why would you take a youth group through it? Okay, well, again, because I think it's actually as applicable as anything in the Word of God. So check out or listen to Revelation one three. It says, "Blessed is he that readeth." And they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. So according to the Bible, that person that, that hears these things, takes heed of these things, uh, you know, applies these things, that person's blessed. And so, as Kyle said, the, the rapture, it is the very next thing on the on the prophetic calendar. So we're in this... this uh, this parentheses of a 2,000-year church period that we've talked a lot about with dispensationalism and all of that. Um, but we're in this, this parentheses where things, you know, there hasn't been something, um, you know, some kind of thing from the Bible come to life. Uh, I, I really, from not long after, after the resurrection of Christ and, all, and when the Bible was finished being written, from then to 1948, you really didn't see a whole... I mean, things were happening. God was moving, great awakenings, revivals, all these things, souls saved. But as far as like seeing things, you're not, there, was, there was not a lot going on. Um, and so, and then in 1948, man, things change, which is obviously way before our time. And so our whole life has been after that, of course. But Things change because Israel becomes a nation again. And I'm not going to get the cart before the horse. We'll probably save some of that for the next episode. We're going to talk specifically about the timing of the rapture. 
And uh, but we'll just suffice to say this right now that we do believe it's close. And so these things they motivate us and and call us to it calls us to action in our Christian life now. And so if if you, maybe you're somebody that has you've heard of these things and maybe you even know about them, but you don't like studying because you, you you've thought they were a waste of time and they were just knowledge things. Well, that's not the case. Again, there's like we said last week, right doctrine leads to right practice. Which and, and then the the practice, whether your practice be good or bad, the, the life you live, whether it be good or bad, that has effect for you at the judgment seat of Christ if you know the Lord Jesus. Um, and so, again, right doctrine uh, brings right practice. And so we want your doctrine to be straight on the rapture stuff uh, because because it is the next thing prophetically on the on the calendar, and we do believe it's so close. It, it's 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 interesting. The devil always works through false doctrine. So everybody, everybody thinks that when they see the devil working these days, that it's going to look like some crazy person foaming at the mouth. Now, I'm not saying that that person doesn't possess a demon. If you see somebody foaming at the mouth on the side of the street, I mean, hey, there's a good chance. <laughs> but I would, I would propose to you that most of false doctrine, or most of the way that Satan works, is through false doctrine. Um, matter of fact, it says in First John that the young man gets victory over, he knows how to overcome the wicked one, knows how to overcome Satan through the word of God. So it, the, again, Genesis 3, Satan, his first opposition is to the truth of God's word. He always works that way. So I say that to say this, it's not a shock with the rapture getting so close. It is not a shock that there is so much crazy teaching regarding the rapture. So what kind of crazy teaching is there is out there? Well, a lot of people, believe it or not, don't even believe there is going to be a rapture. So those, some of those people we talked about in weeks past of that are all millennial and that don't believe in a literal second coming and all those things, they don't believe in a rapture at all. Uh, and we'll define this thing in a second here. But then you also have people that they, they believe in a rapture, but they place the rapture of the church in the wrong place, which again, that has to do with wrongly dividing like we talked about in the last two weeks. They, they put this in a wrong place, don't rightly divide it, and then it leads, again, you know what it leads to? It leads to being ashamed, 2 Timothy 2, 15. So that's, that's, that's our goal in this, is for this to motivate your Christian life, to show you that time is short, and then, but really this week, just define everything about the rapture so that you can place it in the right place, so that next week we can move into the timing of the rapture. And again, people get weird about that. But I'm really, that's going to be my favorite episode so far, by far. Yeah. By far. So, uh, I, I guess I'll, I'll, start, I'll start with this, Kyle. Um, I wrote down this. So, we're, okay, we're, our, the title of this is, Will the Church Be Raptured Before the Tribulation? And we, we, we will uh, lay, the, lay that out and the answer to that and the truth to that um, throughout this entire episode, but specifically, I think, at the end. Now, I will say as a spoiler alert, we, we believe the church will be raptured out before the tribulation. Okay, so we are pre-trib, as it's called. We are pre-trib, pre-millennial. And um, I said this a couple weeks ago. I don't, we don't just believe that, we don't just believe that we're pre-trib. Like, we know that the Bible teaches a pre-tribulation or rapture for the church. Now, I don't, I don't say that to sound arrogant or anything like that. I mean, we have the certainty of the words of God. And we, we can we can we can prove that in this episode, and that's what we're going to seek to do. So, what is the rapture? One thing that you'll you'll note, and if you're if you're somebody that doesn't believe in the rapture, this would be something that you would say, and that is that the word rapture does not show up in in, in the King James Bible. Okay, so the the word rapture doesn't show up in our Bible. So that okay, so that's concerning, right? Like you're thinking, well, Dylan, you're talking about how this is such a big deal, and it doesn't even show up. Well, I'm going to tell you a few other words that don't show up in, in the Bible. Trinity doesn't show up in the Bible, and we hold to it that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Missionary doesn't show up in the Bible. Uh, there, and there's a dozen of those, okay? There's a lot of examples of things that the, the, the very principle of it is in the Word of God, but the word that we commonly attribute it to is not found in the Bible. So where do we get the term rapture? Well, Kyle, you want to read some verses? How about, how about yeah. this, Kyle? You want to lay out, how about we just lay out every text for the rapture and then we'll kind of dive into it. The three main spots I have is 1 Corinthians 15, 1 Thessalonians 4, and then Revelation 4. All right. You want to do, um, 
if you do First Thessalonians 4, I'll go to 1 Corinthians 15. So y'all know we're fans of some Bible turning, so let that let those those pages those pages that are turning let that just ring in your ear. That's good for the soul. But First Corinthians fifteen. So again, what we want to defend, of course, starting off here, we're just showing you that the rapture is a biblical thing because I just sat here and said that it was, but that it wasn't that the word was not found in the Bible. Okay, so here you go, First Corinthians fifteen. If you if you have a Bible or you're following along, it's verse fifty one through fifty eight. He says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? So there's one reference that the whole passage is talking about the rapture. And then Kyle's got uh, first Thessalonians 4. Thessalonians 4, yeah. You just want me to verse 14, I'll start there again? Yeah, all the way through 18. Yeah, that'd be good. Uh, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. 17. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Okay, and then and these are all just references for a, the rapture in, in correlation to the church. And we'll say why that's important here later. But Revelation 4, verse 1. After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. And immediately I was in the Spirit... And behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. Okay, so there's three, three, uh, the three main places that are going to talk about the rapture regarding the church, the pre-tribulational rapture of the church. Um, and so you can see there, all those those three texts are talking about, you know, somebody being caught up or going uh, up in the air to to be with the Lord Jesus. And so, so where, so where do we get the word rapture? Because that's the word that we're, we keep saying, and that's the word that everybody calls it. Well, the word rapture comes from a Latin word, rapturo, which simply means a catching away or a snatching. Okay, so what is Jesus going to do? He's going to snatch up his church. He's going to catch away his church uh, in this in this this point of time, whenever he you know has it laid out that that is the time to do so. He's going to do that, and then and then the tribulation will come shortly after that. Um, so so again, so this whole thing of, of a catching away or being caught up, that that phrase is found there in the second reference we gave you of First Thessalonians four, verse seventeen. Again, it says, "Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together." Notice the, the phrase there, "caught up together with them in the clouds." So. Whether you want to call it a rapture or a catching away, because I've actually heard of people that were so petty that didn't want to, that didn't believe in, they said they didn't believe in a rapture because it wasn't found in the Bible. Okay, well then call it the catching away. So if we need to retitle that for that, we can. But nonetheless, you get it. This is what, it's a biblical doctrine. We've laid this out in three different places of scripture for you. Okay. So um, that that is what the rapture is. That is... It's a biblical thing as we've laid out. Uh, and Kyle, I think we'll lay out a couple things and then we'll get into maybe those those three different okay. those three three different deals. Yeah. So secondly, another thing that we need to lay out is just for in case you are not as familiar with this, and that is this, that the rapture is not the same thing as the second coming of Christ. So that's very important because uh, everybody automatically assumes that that's the same thing. And... It's, it's not. Okay, now I will say this. The return of Christ, it is a two-part deal. So the return of Christ is in two parts. The first part is the rapture, and the second part is the second advent. 
or the second coming where he actually comes back to earth. So the whole second coming is in two parts. So the rapture is the first part of that. Um, but you gotta you got to differentiate the two because a lot of people, again, they just, they, we, we, we use phrases like, you know, the word's coming back. Well, and that's an accurate phrase to, to even describe the rapture. But people just automatically associate them being the exact same thing. And they're actually not the same thing. And they're going to be separated by at least seven years and some, you know, maybe some change. So um, that's, that's super important. So Kyle, if you want to grab Revelation 1911, I'm going to go back to Revelation 4.1. So again, the, the second coming and the rapture are not the same thing. So a lot of this is going to be in the book of Revelation. But Revel, Revelation gives us two examples where heaven opens. Okay, because that's obviously Christ. Where is he at? He is seated on the, at the right hand of the Father. And so the first time that heaven opens is Revelation 4.1, which is a reference we quoted earlier. But it says, After this I looked up, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. So there it is. And the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, notice the phrase here, what it tells John, come up hither. Okay, so the first time heaven opens, God is calling man up. Okay, and then the second time heaven opens is all the way in Revelation 19, which Kyle has that reference, and notice this. 19.11, And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. You may keep reading down. To uh, well, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a, with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. Uh, and the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. Yeah, you? that's good. So, so it's talking. You can see there that the first time in Revelation four one, again, the people are going. Uh, John is going up, and there's an opening in heaven. Okay, but then in the second time, as Kyle read verse eleven. Again, it says, and I saw heaven open and behold a white horse and he that sat upon him was called. And then what you see as Kyle read through that, that people are coming down. Okay, specifically the Lord Jesus is coming down. So we want you to see that, that, that separation there because that's extremely important when we're going to break down all of these end time things. They, they are connected, but they're not the same exact thing. Okay, you can also see this separated between the phrase the day of Christ and the day of the Lord. Now, again, you're only going to be able to do this with the King James Bible. No hate, but this is just the truth. So if you want to compare Scripture with Scripture like me and Kyle are trying to do here, that's how you study the Bible. You're only going to be able to do this with the King James Bible. But the day of Christ references uh, the rapture and the, the judgment seat of Christ. So if you remember, Revelation 4.1 talks about John going up, and then it says immediately he was in front of a throne. So the judgment seat of Christ comes after the rapture of the church. Okay, but then the day of the Lord, that is the theme of the Bible. What is that? Well, that's when Jesus comes back. It's the second, it's the, the actual second advent and the millennial reign. So these the day these days that represented are always the event and the time, the little the time period after the event. So day of Christ, again, what is that? That's the rapture and the judgment seat of Christ, and the day of the Lord which you'll find the day of the Lord all over your Old Testament. The day of the Lord is the, uh, the second coming and the millennium. Okay, one more thing just to kind of keep giving you these, these differences. Now, this one is not always bulletproof. There, there's some times that these words are interchangeable, but for, for a lot of references, you can also see a difference in the appearance, the appearing of Christ, and then the coming. Again, not sometimes it uses coming in, when talking about the rapture, so that's not always, but there's some references that will, that will separate the two as well. So that's extremely important that, we, that we, uh, we lay that out too. Okay, the third thing I would lay out, uh, we'll lay out two more things before we get to the, the three deal, but the, the, the third thing I'd lay out is that the rapture was a mystery. So Kyle, you want to grab uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 51? Yeah. And I'll grab 1 Corinthians 4. First Corinthians fifteen. Yeah, First Corinthians. Yeah, fifteen, fifty-four, fifty-one, fifty-one. Yeah. Uh, all right, fifty-one. Behold, I show you a mystery. 
We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we'll and we shall be changed. So there, that's that. First, that's the first references we gave you for the rapture, for the church, and it's called a mystery. Okay, well, 1 Corinthians 4.1 lets us know that there's multiple mysteries. It says, Let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. So God takes these mysteries very seriously. There's actually seven mysteries in the New Testament. And we're not going through all seven of those, but the rapture of the church is one of those. So what is a mystery? Well, a mystery is a truth uh, that was hidden that is later revealed. So uh, again, the Old Testament saints, they had no idea about the rapture of the church. By the way, they didn't even know about the church. The church is one of the other mysteries. So therefore, by default, the rapture of the church had to be a mystery. You can see the book of Ephesians to reference the mystery of the church. Um, But... This whole deal is a mystery. So this was a truth that was revealed later by the Apostle Paul. And then, of course, John has his, has his, his stuff on it too here in Revelation. Um, but that, that, that's important that you understand that, okay? So the reason that we need to lay that out is because when you study out this whole, this whole deal of a resurrection, what the Jews always believed in the Old Testament is they always believed that people would have this moment of, of rising up to be with God, a resurrection, if you will. Um, Kyle, if you want to grab John chapter 11, uh, John eleven twenty four, 24, and then I'm going to grab John 5. Let's see, I'm going to grab John 5, 25 through 29. So if you're following with us with the Bible, it's John eleven twenty four, 24, and we're going to cross-reference that to John 5, 25 through 29. Let me go ahead and read 11, yeah. 24. Yeah. All right. John eleven twenty four. Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. So you see, that that's that's the story where her brother Lazarus dies. And she tells Jesus, I know that he's because Jesus says he's just asleep. He's gonna he'll be all right. And we're going he's uh he's gonna live again. And she's like, I, yeah, I know. Like he's gonna he's going to resurrect at the last day. So they all believed in this general resurrection of, of all the people that were God's people. Okay. Now, again, they didn't know that the church age was going to happen. They didn't even know that there were going to be Jews and Gentiles that were in Jesus Christ, that were saved. They didn't know how all that was going to work out. Um, but it's important that we still see this. And then you cross-reference that to John 5, and it says this in verse 25. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming, and now is, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and, and they that hear shall live. For as the Father ha- hath life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself and hath given him authority to execute judgment also because he is the son of man. Verse 28 in John 5. Marvel not at this for the hour is come in the which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice. This is kind of similar to what Martha was saying in John 11. And shall come forth they that have done good unto the resurrection of life and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. So this is what the Jews understood. And by the way, all this stuff is true. We're going to show you the differences in this resurrection and the rapture of the church. They all understood this whole thing of a resurrection. uh, Hebrews 11 talks about a better resurrection. And by the way, that's the book of Hebrews to Hebrews. And so they understood that, man, if, if somebody knew God, okay, they were going to have take part in the resurrection of life. They were going to go be with God. And then they knew that, that those that didn't know God, they were going to be on the other side, which is the resurrection of damnation. So I say all that to say this, there are actually, so the rapture, it is a resurrection, okay? But I, I show you to also say that they, showing you how the rapture of the church was truly a mystery. Again, they didn't even know about the church, as I've already said, but the, the very fact of just a certain group of people that were in Jesus Christ being caught away at a certain period of time, that was completely off the radar but again, was later revealed through the Apostle Paul. Okay, so this next part, as I just said, it's important that you know that the rapture, it is a resurrection. It's not the same resurrection as that we just laid out in John 11 and John chapter 5, but it is a resurrection. Okay, so what, I mean, what do I mean by that? Well, 
as we just said that there are seven mysteries in the in, in our Bible, God loves the number seven. Matter of fact, his two favorite numbers are the number seven and the number three. He works in those two areas a lot. Now, he, he uses a lot of numbers for a lot of different things, but those are two of his most common numbers that he uses for things. Number seven is the number of completion, perfection. And then number three reflects the Godhead. Romans one twenty, you can see that. Even nature does that. But, so there's seven mysteries, but there's also seven resurrections. Okay, so what are those, those seven resurrections? Well, I'm going to go back to, let's see, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Let's see, I think I have some stuff here. Okay, so what are the, re- what are the seven resurrections? Well, first of all, you have the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Okay, so Jesus rose from the grave. We wouldn't, I don't think there's anybody listening to this that would deny that, most likely. The resurrection of Jesus Christ. Okay, the second resurrection in the Bible is some of the Old Testament saints. Uh, Kyle, you want to grab uh, Matthew 27, 52? Yeah. So the second one we can see, and these are, I'm not trying to give you anything in any particular order, just showing you the different resurrections. You have the resurrection of some of the Old Testament saints. Now, what in the world am I talking about with some of the Old Testament saints? Well, Kyle's going to read this reference. And if you remember when Jesus died and he was buried and then he rose again, a certain thing happened where some of the Old Testament saints came up with Jesus in his re- uh, after his resurrection, which is crazy. Check out this reference that Kyle This has. is a pretty crazy verse, actually. <laughs> and the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose and came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. <laughs> yeah, so many, again, many people were seeing them. Yeah. Just like Jesus was seen by many, these Old Testament saints were seen by many. Now, if you want to check us out again on that reference, it's Matthew twenty-seven fifty-two. That's the reference. Okay, so that's the second resurrection. The third resurrection is the spiritual resurrection that you and I had when we got saved. Okay, well, so maybe somebody's saying, well, okay, Dylan, now that's, that's, that's getting a little petty. Well, I mean, I guess it depends on how serious you think it was, how serious of a work you think it was that God did in you when he saved you. Okay, because Ephesians 2, one, uh, Ephesians 2 verse 1 says, And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, uh, among whom also we all had our conversation in time past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Okay, so we were quickened. And the reference I always use is underneath your fingernails. If you cut it too short, that's the quick. That's the only time we use that word nowadays for the most part. And that means alive. It's very much so alive. So God took us from, from dead, made us spiritually alive, which was, a spiritual, which was a spiritual resurrection. But if you're still not buying that, I want you to look at Ephesians 2, verse 5 and 6, which says, Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved. Verse 6, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So according to the Bible, when we got saved, spiritually, God raised us spiritually from the dead and God put us spiritually beside him in his throne. We are, we are sitting together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, if I, if I were to explain that to you, I couldn't. But again, I just take the Bible for what it says and I just believe it. So that is a spiritual resurrection. Okay, so again, we're just laying out these seven resurrections. You had the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the resurrection of some of the Old Testament saints, the spiritual resurrection of the believer at salvation. The fourth one is the physical resurrection. Uh, let's see. The physical resurrection of the believer at the pre-tribulational rapture. Okay, and that's the one we're talking about now. That's, our, that's the rapture uh, of the church age saints before the tribulation, okay? And again, you can see the verses we've already laid out, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 Thessalonians 4, Revelation 4, 1. Okay, so that's the fourth one. The fifth one is the resurrection of all the Old Testament saints. So remember the second one we gave was the resurrection of some of the Old Testament saints. And that was when Jesus resurrected, some of them also did. Now, how did he choose who did and who didn't? I don't know. Maybe that's a good study that we could do and somebody y'all could do. I'm not sure, but we know that all of them didn't, but eventually all of them will, just like we were laying out some things earlier 
how Martha knew of a general resurrection. Okay, that certainly uh, is connected with all this. Uh, and so you can find, we won't, we won't turn there, but if y'all want to check us out on that, you can find this stuff in Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 1 through 14, and Job 19, 26. You can also see the stuff we read in John 11 and John 5 again, we already read. But that's the fifth one. Okay, so all the other Old Testament saints, boom, uh, they will be, they will also experience a, a resurrection. Okay, number six, there will be the, the, the resurrection of the unsaved, I'm sorry, the resurrection of tribulation saints in a post-tribulation rapture. Now, I don't want to get ahead of, the court, ahead of myself because this is going to be the next thing that we talk about. And Kyle's got a lot of stuff on this. And we're going to bounce it back and forth. But there is a resurrection at the end of the tribulation for the tribulational saints. Okay? And again, without getting the cart before the horse, that can start sort of show you why there are people that believe in a rapture, but they, they, they place it in the wrong place and they think the church will go through the tribulation. We're not denying that there's not a rapture later on. We're just, we're just denying that that's for the church, which again goes back to rightly dividing. Okay, so again, the sixth one is the resurrection of tribulation saints at the post-tribulational rapture. And then the seventh one is the resurrection of the unsaved dead at the white throne judgment. Now, what do you mean by that? Well, the white throne judgment is where the unsaved of today will have to be judged by God. Those of us that are saved will be judged at the judgment seat of Christ. Those that don't know Christ will be judged at the great white throne judgment. Okay. Well, what do you, what, what do you mean, Dylan, by, by a resurrection at that point? Okay. Well, think about people that are already dead. Think about people that have been dead for 500 years that did not know God. Well, they are still, they're, where are they at right now? They're in hell. Well, one day they still have to be judged, even though they're already in hell. That's not their final judgment. They will be judged. They will stand face to face with the Lord. And then it says, and death and hell will be cast on the lake of fire. So they will literally be resurrected up from hell to stand eyeball to eyeball with the Lord to then be cast into the lake of fire. And that's the seventh resurrection. So that's important that you, that you understand that too, that the rapture simply is a resurrection. But what we are saying here is for the church, uh, that resurrection, this rapture falls in line with uh, before the tribulation, right before the tribulation, okay? So, and Kyle, I'll let you kind of take some of this here, but that brings us to this study, and you can study this out on your own, but that brings us to this study, and that is, you know, like we said, there's no mention of rapture itself in the Bible, but there's the catch, there's the, uh, the caught up phrase there in 1 Thessalonians 4, but we do find this phrase also of come up hither, and we find that three times in the Word of God. Now, what we believe, we believe there are actually three raptures. We believe there are seven resurrections total, but, but specifically raptures, though that portion of resurrections, specifically that are raptures, we believe there are three of them in the Word of God. Okay? And those references, you can find those, is Revelation 4.1, Revelation 11.12, and Proverbs 25.7. So, Kyle, how do you want to, do you want to kind of give your stuff first, or do you want to read those references and then you give your help? What would be the best way to do that, you think? Yeah, I mean, we can we can read those three first okay. just to show the three come up hither. So, I'll grab um, Revelation 11, 12. If you want to grab Revelation 4, 1. All right. And then I'll, I'll do Proverbs 25, right. 2. So, I'll go ahead and read Revelation 4, 1. Yeah. After this, I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither. And I will show thee things which must be hereafter. So that's the reference that we've been using for the for the rapture of the church. And we'll say more about that. But you notice the term come up hither. Well, then you find Revelation. So this is what we believe. That that come up hither is to the church, Revelation 4.1. I believe that the, the, the come up hither in Revelation 11.12 is to the tribulational saint. And you can find this context because this is in the context of Moses and Elijah, the two witnesses that they're doing their deal, they're preaching, and then now they're they're about to be to be raptured up to the Lord. But verse twelve it says of, of Revelation eleven, and they heard a great voice from heaven saying unto them, "Come up hither," and they ascended up to heaven in a cloud, and their enemies beheld them. So again, we believe that is the. The tribulational rapture, which again, that's not the church. That, that's not for the church, and we're going to define that more. How we know that's not the church, but 
just as suffices now to say that that is the tribulational saint raptured up at the end of the tribulation after they've endured to the end. Matthew 24, we talked about that last week. And then Proverbs 25, 7. Do you, you have that one, Kyle? Yeah. Okay. Proverbs 25, 7. For better it is that it be said unto thee, Come up hither, than that thou shouldest be put lower in the presence of the prince whom thine eyes have seen. Now, now we believe that is the... I would subscribe to the fact that that is the rest of the Old Testament saints. So we gave those seven resurrections, and we said that some of them did not resurrect at Christ's resurrection. Because it, it clearly says that in Matthew 27, 52. Well, this is the rest of the this is this is that general resurrection that that Martha was talking to Jesus about when she's like, yeah, I know Lazarus is, I know he'll he'll you know he'll be all right at the resurrection or the, whatever phrase she used there. Okay, so that is that one. Now it's interesting that Proverbs twenty five seven talks about that prince because that prince you really start studying that around. This this is not a good prince that is connected to the Antichrist which is Judas Iscariot. And if that's just a bombshell for you, that's another, that's another episode for you. But he's called the son of perdition. And that uh, is, is, again, that's the Old Testament saints there. So, <clears throat> again, we believe in that there are three. Well, we know that there are, We don't just believe. We know there's three come up hithers. We just quoted them to you. Yeah. You can try to search that for yourself and see those, those same three things in the King James Bible. Um, but again, we don't believe that God has done that by accident. And we can we believe by, based on looking at the context of those verses, and specifically in the book of Revelation, that shows us exactly those uh, those three things. So Kyle, do you want to kind of lay out some of those things about the first fruits and the gleanings? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I just think laying out the three raptures uh, will help with some of that, that pre-trib, post-trib, yep. mid-trib, or, or no rapture at all, you know. Um, and I, a lot of that, that... False, um, false doctrine and that heresy and stuff like that comes from not rightly dividing. Though I mean, you are reading about three different raptures, so if you're taking them out of context and stuff, then yeah, you can you can come up with a mid-trip rapture or a post-trip mm-hmm. uh, right. stuff like that. So, so to lay out these three, so obviously we've we've already said the word rapture is not in our Bible. The the word or the phrase that is used is come up hither, um, and the how the how the Bible phrases these things is is like a harvest, right? So you have the the first fruits, you have the main harvest, and then you have the gleanings, right? Um, and just to show you that these these words aren't, I'm not making them up. First uh, Corinthians 15, 23 says, but every man in his own order, Christ the first fruits, afterward, they that are Christ at his coming. So you can see that that first fruits there is, is with Christ, right? And then afterward, they that are, Christ, or they that are Christ at his coming, and then that would be us and, and the, the gleanings, the, the tribulation saints. Uh, and then as far as the, the Jewish or the remnant of Israel, Jeremiah 6, 9 says, Thus said, saith the Lord of hosts, they shall thoroughly, thoroughly glean the remnant of Israel as a vine. Turn back thine hand as a grape gather into the baskets. So you can see the, these words aren't, we're not just saying first fruits, main harvest. Gleanings. That's the Bible talks about it as a harvest, um, and we already hit the three places come up here. There's mention, um, but to to kind of break down this first rapture, uh, our first come up hither, um, it's when it's so that it's when they ra- when Christ raises from the dead, right? He resurrects the saints come with him. We already hit that verse in Matthew, um, but to just kind of explain that, so the rich man and Lazarus, right? Uh, that's in Luke chapter 16. Um, but so I'll just read the verses real quick so we can see it. Luke 16, 22. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell, he lift up his eyes being in torments and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, father, Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so they, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. 
So we see from this that that hell has diff, you could say different compartments, right? There's one side where, where someone's in torment. There's one side where someone's comfort, they're in comfort. And then you have this uh, what, great gulf between them, right? Um, so when Christ died on the cross, we know he went, he went to the center of the earth, right? Acts 2.31, he seeing this before spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell. So we know Christ went down to hell for the, the three days, right? Um, Matthew 12, 40, it tells us, For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. So there's all these verses that tells us Christ was, was in the heart of the earth, right? And um, to, to explain, we broke down, there's three, there's different compartments in hell. So when the, the thief on the cross, right, he believed that Jesus was who he said he was, and Christ said, today uh, you will be with me in paradise, right? So he, when he said today, I believe he meant today. So when he went down uh, to the center of the earth, well, that's where Abraham's bosom is, right? Where we just saw, um, we were just reading a minute ago in Luke chapter 16. Um, so while Christ was in hell, and just a little, a, a cool verse that we were reading in Matthew uh, 27 earlier where the saints appeared before men, um, but a, a little side verse, 1 Peter 3.18 uh, through 20 says, For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit, by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison, which sometime were disobedient, when once the longsuffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls, were saved by water. So when Christ, so Christ died on the cross, and we're still, we're talking about this first fruits rapture, the, the first rapture you see in your Bible. Christ died on the cross, and we see he went down to the, the center of the earth, and this tells us he preached unto the spirits, right? So basically, Christ went down there, he, uh, he told Abraham and all the Old Testament saints, or, or the some that, that rose with him, right? Pack your bags, we're getting out of here. And then he looked at the, the spirits in prison, and we know these to be the, the, the angels that kept not their first estate, right? Second um, uh, Peter 2, 4 says, For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. So we know those are those angels back in Noah's day, right? So he basically told Abraham, pack your bags, we're getting out of here. And then he looked at them and said, hey, you guys wanted to, didn't want to keep your first estate. You wanted to be like men, so... So it's finished, right? <laughs> um, so Jesus Christ rises, and, and as we read in 1 Corinthians 15, but every man in his own order, Christ and the first fruits. So when Christ died on the cross and went to the center of the earth and called up those Old Testament saints, that's the, the first rapture that we're reading about um, with the first fruits. Um, do you want, I mean, we already hit the main harvest. So you got the first fruits and the main harvest. That's obviously us. We've already hit all these verses. 1 Thessalonians 4, uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 50. Um, but basically, I, we were reading in Revelation 4, 1 with that John being called up, right? Come up hither. Um, John is a picture of the church. And uh, you can see John was called the disciple whom Jesus loved, right? Um, but I guess... We've already hit all the main rapture. So I'll, I'll just go to the gleanings real quick um, in the tri for the tribulation saints, right? So the main verse for that is Revelation 11, 11 through 12. We've already read this, I think. And after three days and a half, the spirit of life from God entered into them, and they stood upon their feet, and great fear fell upon them which saw them. And they heard a great voice from heaven saying unto them, Come up hither. And they ascended up to heaven in a cloud, and their en enemies beheld them. And we can see that there's a difference here in the rapture of the church and this rapture, right? We were, we're gone in a twinkling of an eye. This rapture, it says people saw them. Uh, they ascended up in a cloud so people could see them ascending. We appear immediately before the throne, as we, you read in Revelation 4-2. Um, and then another place you can look is Matthew 24, 29 through 31, immediately after the tribulation. So it, it's starting off after the tribulation. Of those days shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. 
verse 31, and he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. So like, like we pointed out at the beginning, this says after the tribulation. Um, so this is not a post-tribulation rapture of the church. We've already hit the main rapture, right, of the church. This is the tribulation saints. The context of this chapter is, is the second advent of Christ. Um, so those, those, the, I just blanked out, the tr- tribulation saints, right? They're raptured out right before Christ physically comes to this earth. Um, but I think if you, if laying out all three of those, right, the first fruits, the main harvest and the gleanings, it, it kind of helps combat that. Which one is it? Is it a pre-trib, post-trib, uh, whatever, mid-trib? You can clearly see from all these verses and everything Dylan was saying earlier that, the church is raptured out before the tribulation, and and we're we're the bride of Christ, the church. What what husband's going to send their bride through through something mm-hmm. like that? You right, know? right. Yeah, and so I think uh, like with all of this, like like Kyle was just laying out those, and that, again that I think that reference that kind of lays it out uh, very simply is First Corinthians fifteen, you know, twenty two or twenty three. Uh, it just talks about the, those first fruits, but just like we laid out. And like Kyle just just did here, that there are three raptures, and again, there's three come up hithers we can find when we cross reference around in the Word of God, and the reason that's so important is because it's just like we've been talking about over the last several weeks that again, what Baptists do, okay, so what Baptists do with Acts two thirty eight, which we read last week, which talks about believe and 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 be uh, or repent and be baptized for the remission of sin. And everyone and one, every one of you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. What Baptists do is go. Oh, they, they they panic because they say, well, that doesn't align with what we believe because we believe that you have to be saved by grace through faith in Christ alone. Well, okay, they're right in what they believe. They just don't know how to how to rightly divide that Acts two thirty eight verse. Okay, well, the same thing happens with the rapture. They know. Okay, you know what? I'm pre trib. I know. I believe. I was taught growing up that the that the rapture of the church will be before the tribulation. So what they do is they just they pick out the verses that we started off with, 1 Thessalonians 4, 1 Corinthians at the end of 15, Revelation 4, 1. They pick out those verses, but they don't acknowledge that there are other sections in the book of Revelation and in, in, in Proverbs like we gave and stuff like that. They don't recognize that those other verses do talk about another rapture. So it's like this. It, we said this before. All truth... I mean, I'm sorry, all uh, false teaching is biblical truth wrongly placed or biblical truth wrongly divided. So just like people that don't believe in eternal security, like we talked about last week, they actually have references to, to actually back up what they believe. The problem is they take them from the wrong places. They take them from the book of Hebrews. They take them from the book of Matthew, which is Matthew 24, is talking about the, the uh, tribulational context and second coming of Christ context which is to the, the tribulational saint. They take all these references and don't rightly divide them. And so this is just another proof reference. And by the way, this is all of Bible study. All of Bible study comes back to rightly dividing the word of truth. It really does. And this is just another example of that. And so it's, it's like this. What I have thought growing up or what a lot of Baptists think is they think, man, you know what? All these, post, uh, these post-trib guys, they're a bunch of idiots. Now, I practically said that two or three weeks ago, that that they're crazy for thinking that you know that they're they're post trib that the rapture will happen of the, the rapture of the church will happen after the tribulation. I do think they're crazy, but I don't think they're stupid. And the reason why they're not stupid is because there is references for that. Again, the problem is they're just not rightly dividing it. That, that again, that reference in Revelation eleven, that is clearly if you look at the context around Revelation eleven, that is the the tribulational saint. And we've made clear in the past, again, dispensationally, the, the, the tribulation is not the same as the church age. They're not saved the same way that you and I are saved today. You know what would happen if a tribulational, if somebody in the tribulation were to look up and go, Lord, and from their heart, call upon Jesus Christ, confessing him with their mouth, believing in the gospel, believing in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ for their salvation. You know what would happen? Well, nothing. They'd have to endure to the end because they're not saved the same way you and I are. Now, if, if today a man calls upon the name of Jesus Christ, 
believing in the gospel for his salvation. You know what happens? He's saved. But again, the tribulation is different. So it goes back to that just to show you how all this is connected with rightly dividing. So I hope that was a clear example of that. So I, I guess in closing, we can do this, Kyle. I, I just wrote down three simple ways to show you and to prove because this is the title of this episode. You know, will the church be raptured before the tribulation? Well, we've already laid out very clearly. I believe that the answer to that is yes. But here's a concise, clear um, layout of that as, you, as, as we end this episode to give you confidence in that so you can defend that. Okay, number one, proof that the church will be raptured out before the tribulation. Well, number one, because the truth of the rapture is meant to be comforting. So... Kyle, if you want to grab First uh, Thessalonians 4, 17 and 18. Yep. Then we which are alive and remain shall be called up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. So this whole thing of a rapture, is it is it is supposed to comfort them. Now, if you were to go back and study the book of First Thessalonians and Second Thessalonians, the, the church of Thessalonica had been given false teaching and they were worried that they had missed the rapture, okay? And, and so the, whole, the, very, the very purpose of us learning about the rapture, now it's important that we know it just to, because we need to know what's coming, but it's important that we know it because it's supposed to comfort us. Well, there, there is no comfort in a rapture if we still have to endure the tribulation. There's no comfort of that. The very purpose of the comfort the very reality of the rapture being comforting is that we are leaving before all hell breaks loose. That's the very purpose of it. And like Kyle said earlier, what husband is going to allow his bride to, to suffer those things? What father is going to allow his sons to suffer those things? Um, so that's my first proof. The truth of the rapture is, is to be comforting. That's what the Lord Jesus says there in 1 Thessalonians 4. Okay? Now, number two, and this is the, the, the biggest and the most detailed, and that is the layout of the book of Revelation. So really, Revelation is where we go to for most of our prophecy, right? I mean, it's all throughout all the Bible. You know, it's through Old Testament books, Revelation, I mean, uh, Daniel, Zechariah, a lot of those books, book of Job. Um, but Revelation is the, the big daddy. That's where we always go, right? That's, it lays out everything out. Uh, in you know what is to come in uh, end time prophecy. Well, again, Revelation four one. We told you that was one of the come up hithers of the three, and we said that that one is to the church. Okay, so how do we know that? Well, this is a broad study here, but to kind of give you the 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 skimming version of it, this is what you find. The first three chapters of the book of Revelation is constantly talking about the church. Okay, so we've said before that we believe we are in the, the time period of the church of the Laodiceans, which if you were to look, that's at the end of Revelation 3, which means that's right before this whole come up hither in Revelation 4.1. But you see the church listed 18 times in the first three chapters of Revelation. Okay, the very last verse in Revelation 3.22, right before Revelation 4.1 says, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Okay, there's only one more reference of a church or churches in the rest of the Bible throughout the end, and that is the very last chapter in Revelation 22. And Revelation 22 is actually just a, it's like a sincerely chapter. Like, you know, like you write a letter to somebody and you say, much love, Dylan, or whatever. Okay, and that's what that is, and it, it's found in verse 16. He, he lists there the things that are, the, 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 these things in the churches. But then in verse 17, you see, he says, And the Spirit and the bride say, Come, and let him that heareth come, and let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. That's a, that is a church age call to salvation there. That is not how the, the, the people in the tribulation are saved. And this is before everything that happens in the book of Revelation. This is like, an, again, this is like an ending of the letter that, that is saying, hey, these things have not yet happened. And the reason we know that is because verse 20 says in, in Revelation 22, he says, he which testifieth these things saith, surely I come quickly. What does that mean? It means he hadn't come. Okay, so this is, again, Re Revelation 22 is just a, is a sincerely section of, of the book of Revelation. It's like a, a, a period on the whole deal. 
So again, the first three chapters of Revelation, you don't have to be a scholar. Just go, you can just go read it. It's church this, church that, churches, church, church, over and over and over. Okay, and then again, Revelation 4.1, and it says, after this, okay, after he says, let the Spirit, or let them hear uh, what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Next verse, chapter 4, verse 1 of Revelation. After this, I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me. Okay, now what's funny is, after that point in, uh, in the first three chapters, you don't find the word church or churches show up from Revelation 4 all the way through chapter 21. You don't find it. And the reason you don't find it is because God's not dealing with the church anymore because the church is already raptured out of this joint. Okay? So, okay, maybe you say, well, Dylan, I still don't buy that. Well, I think that's pretty clear. But, Kyle, you still got 1 Thessalonians 4, 17 and 18? Yep. Uh, does it not say... Does does not the voice show up and the trumpet show up again in those in those references? Verse seventeen. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. Are you? We knew the verse before that, right? That was a verse, verse 16. sixteen. Yeah, yeah. For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Okay, so there we have the voice showing up and this trump showing up. So I just want to show you. Okay, we're all on board. 1 Thessalonians was the reference we gave you that's talking about the the, 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 the the rapture of the church, right? So now we're trying to prove that it's positioned before the tribulation. Okay, well, again, notice that same, those same key words. So how do we study the Bible? We study the Bible by comparing Scripture with Scripture. Key words, key phrases, we search where those are used in other places, and that's the secret sauce of studying Scripture. Okay, so Revelation 4.1, notice what shows up, the voice in the, in the trumpet here. Uh after this, I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was was as it were of a trumpet talking with me. There's trumpet, which said, "Come up hither, and I will show thee things which I must uh, which must be hereafter." Okay. So again, in Re- in Revelation four one, you see that voice, and the first voice which I heard, that voice shows up, the voice of God, and then this trumpet also showing up, just like First Thessalonians four. Okay, so it's very clear. I mean, we could keep going into it. I don't think we need to, but it's very clear that this this coming up hither in Revelation 4.1, it's coming off the hills of the church age, very clearly from the first three chapters is the church age. Revelation 4.1, after this, okay, there's this trumpet and there's this voice and there's somebody coming up hither. Well, like Kyle already said, John is a picture of the church. Okay, uh, Kyle said it earlier, but who is John. He says in his own book, in the book of John, that John was that disciple whom Jesus loved. Okay? And then in Ephesians, I just want to give you this reference to help 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 out our peeps out there. Ephesians, I think it's Ephesians 5. Let's see. Ephesians 5 verse... Okay, verse 25. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Again, how do we study the Bible? By, by comparing Scripture with Scripture. And so D- John is that disciple whom Jesus loved. And Christ is this, this group of people that he died for and loves. Okay? And so, again, John just a, just a picture of the church there in Revelation 4. And again, coming off the heels of, of 18 references of the church in the first three chapters, then, then that, this whole deal of coming up hither happens in chapter 4, verse 1 of Revelation, and then you don't see the church show up for the remainder of the book until the very, very end of, of the salutation. Okay, there, again, there's something to that. This is because this is how God has laid this whole deal out. All right? So how is how do we know that the church we raptured up before the tribulation? Well, those two things right there, just the layout of, of the book of Revelation is the clearest one. I mean, it really is. Like if you, if uh, if somebody were to listen, I don't know that we have any listeners like this, but if somebody were to listen to that and still say, ah, I'm not buying that, um, man, it, it's just clear teaching. Like it's, it's pretty clear. I would just, I would recommend uh, changing the lenses of those eyes. All right. And then number three, with all due respect, I love you. Thanks for listening. Number three, 
not only do we know this, we know that the church will be raptured before the tribulation because of the fact that the truth of the rapture is to be comforting, number one. Number two, we know this from the layout of the book of Revelation, as we just said, those examples we gave you. And then number three, we know this because the, the, the tribulation is called the time of Jacob's trouble. The time of Jacob's trouble. Um, Kyle, if you want to grab Daniel 12, 1, and then I'm going to grab Jeremiah 37. Now, we've, we've said this before to you, that, that the time of Jacob's trouble is, is talking about the tribulation. But I just want to give you proof of that. So uh, Daniel's a very prophetic book. I'm sure you may have known that. Um, and here it talks about the tribulation and prophecy in Daniel 12, 1. And then we're going to cross-reference that to Jeremiah 30, verse 7. Yeah, Daniel 12, 1. And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince which standeth for the children of thy people. And there shall be a time of trouble, such as never was since there was a nation even to that same time. And at that time thy people shall be delivered, every one that shall be found written in the book. So that verse talks about a time of trouble, that there's been nothing like it before. Well, you look up that whole thing, cross-reference that whole thing of, of times of troubles, it brings you to Jeremiah verse or chapter 30, verse 7. And it says, Alas, for that day is great, so that none is like it. See, very same terminology. So that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble, but he shall be saved out of it. So we've said we've laid this out before, but Jacob, God uses the, the the term Jacob, the name Jacob, interchangeably with Israel. Again, Jacob's name was actually changed to Israel. Uh, Jacob had twelve sons, just like there's twelve tribes. There was twelve tribes of Israel. All this is you know God's blueprint. Um, and then we see again, like in Romans nine and Romans, I think it's mentioned in Romans eleven too, but definitely Romans nine. We see him talking about you know Jacob, uh, Esau have I have I hated, Jacob have I loved, and Calvinist. Haven't mentioned them yet, so I had to throw them in here. They love saying that is to the church, but that is talking about a national hatred there. And the, the nation of Jacob is Israel. Okay? And by the way, side note, the uh, most of the time when you studied out the word elect in your Bible, it's talking about the nation of Israel. There's another fun fact for you. All right. But nonetheless, okay, this whole thing of the tribulation, it is actually called the time of Jacob's trouble. And so it goes back to this whole deal we laid out in uh, how in the book at the beginning of, of Acts, how the nation of Israel, they rejected Christ as their Messiah. John 1.11, he came into his own and his own received him not. And what they do, man, they, they, they said that he was of the spirit of Beelzebub there in I think it's Luke chapter 12. And then they crucified him. And then Peter and, and Stephen and all these guys preached to him in the beginning, beginning of Acts, and they still kept rejecting. They are gnashing on him with their teeth. Acts chapter 7, Stephen gives the offer, and what do they do? They reject it again. So what is this whole point? What's the point of the tribulation? Is it just God just you know, playing fun and games? Well, no. He is judging the nation of Israel. It's the very purpose of it. He is, he is handling business for what uh, the nation of Israel has has sown. It's a reaping and sowing effect here. And so it is the time of Jacob's trouble. So how do we know proof that the rapture of the church will happen before the tribulation? Well, we know it because the rapture to the church is to be comforting, 1 Thessalonians 4, 17 and 18. We know it based on the layout of the book of Revelation. Again, go back for yourself and cross-reference Revelation 4, 1, and then cross-reference that with 1 Thessalonians 4, 16, uh, verse 16. And you notice how those same key words are popping up in both of those. And it shows us this whole deal of the of Revelation 4.1 that it's this is the rapture of the church. This is not the one. Because again, we, we admitted it. There's more than one rapture. But there's not more than one rapture to the church. And what we're all concerned about here, considering we're all living and breathing in the church age, is the one to the church. And that's what we're trying to lay out to you and prove that to you. And then number three, we know it because the tribulation is literally called the time of Jacob's trouble. It's not about us. Now, if people, are lost, if people are lost today and reject Christ and the rapture happens, then you know what? They'll have to experience the time of Jacob's trouble, even though it wasn't intended for them. But, uh, but friend, that is not, that is, that it is not designed for the church, and the church won't be here when, when that time period is going on. So I'll say this moving forward. Uh, Kyle, I don't know if you have anything you want to add, but I, I would just say this. That I hope this was a blessing. I hope this clarified some things on all this because this is a very 
wishy-washy subject with a lot of Bible teachers these days. But 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 more than else, more than anything, I wanted this week. My hope for this week would be to give you clear bearings on on the the rapture, and maybe you already knew all these things. Maybe it'll just be a reminder, and you know, a good reminder for you moving into next week. But I wanted you to get some good bearings on the rapture, so that as we go into next week, next week we're going to talk about the timing of the rapture. And again, I don't want to get the cart before the horse because everybody everybody says it. You know, no man knoweth the day or hour. That's that is seventy five percent of Christians' life verse. No man knoweth the day or hour. And I don't. I'm, I'm just. I'm laughing because I just enjoy this, and I got me an Eliana's coffee right here and having a good old time. But uh, in all seriousness, we're going to talk about the time of the rapture. We're not saying that we know the specific day or the specific hour. But I'll say this: the Bible lays out some things that we can know how close it is, and we're going to try to give proof of that and give specific proof of that next week. So we hope this will propel you into next week and get you ready for that and be a blessing to you. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the goal of this one was just, just talk about the rapture and, and let you know, we believe the, the, well, the Bible clearly says it, the church will be out of here before that tribulation, uh, period. But, um, that's, that was the reason in laying out the, that there is three different raptures. The Bible, the Bible clearly lays that out as well. And hopefully that gets rid of some of that, the talk of uh, people saying there's a no rapture, which I don't really understand that one because mm-hmm. there's there's clearly a, a come up hither in your in your Bible, yep. but uh, or the the mid trib and the post trib stuff. Um, hopefully that helps combat some of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you need to pause this thing as as you're listening and, and look up those references because the goal of this is that is that it gets people to to read into this stuff for themselves as well. Yep. Um, but like you said, next week we'll get into to the timing and things and. Uh, yeah, how, they, how close it really is. Yeah, yeah, how close it is because we, we truly believe it, it's coming here soon. Uh, so, so stay tuned. Uh, thanks for listening. And again, uh, in the podcast notes at the bottom, there will be an email um, and all that stuff. So if you ever have questions on any of this stuff, send us an email. We'd, we'd love to, to give you an answer or, or uh, I don't know, we'll do a podcast on some, some of the questions maybe. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> but uh, all right, thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you on the next one.